Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 271 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Susan and Carl Metz. Susan and Carl live in Ellicott City, Maryland, and Susan works for a healthcare software company, and Carl works with special needs adults. Welcome, Susan and Carl. Hello. And I, I love having y'all here because we met in person, was it a month ago? Y'all were driving through the yeah. area just right around yes. a month ago, and we had coffee, and it was delightful getting to know you both. And so I've been looking forward to this chat. Absolutely. And you're so easy to get to talk to. Talk to, to well, <laughs> I'm a <I> talker. <laughs> All my teachers in elementary school, middle school, and high school would <laughs> Would certainly know that as a fact. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? 
Six months after Carl and I met back in 2018, Carl loves to cook and had been cooking for all of us. And all the girls were sitting around, his stepmother and his sister-in-law now, all sitting around saying, talking about how much weight we'd put on because of Carl's cooking. And <laughs> it's all Carl's fault. Is that what we're saying? Carl's fault. All my yeah. Fault. No, well, I've been overweight all my life, but it's just like at that point where it was starting to be noticeable that it was making a difference <laughs> again. And the next day, Cindy, his stepmother, um, had came and said, you know, I was talking to my niece and she introduced me to this book called Delay, Don't Deny about intermittent fasting. You should read it. And we talked about it and it just clicked with me. And so I downloaded it on Kindle. I got halfway through it that night. By the next day, I started, I went straight into 24, started, just fasted until I finished work and never looked back. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you're just, you're just one of those people. You just literally ripped that Band-Aid right off and started. Yeah. For me, I've actually never really been a breakfast eater. I know lots of other people have said that. Never really been a breakfast eater. Even lunch, I remember at school, really struggling to take lunch to school or not eating it because it just, I didn't feel like I wanted to eat at that time of the day. So once it was almost like I'd been given permission to say, yes, this is actually how it, you will feel better and you will get to all those goals by following what your body is actually telling you to do. Yeah, that really is true. You know, I think back to when I was a little girl and, you know, growing up and a teenager, and I did know, I I could tell that eating made me hungrier. (laughs) Like if if I ate earlier, I was hungrier sooner. I just, and I knew that certain things made me hungrier sooner as well. And if only we had been taught to really listen to those signals from our bodies instead of, it is breakfast time, you should eat breakfast. It is lunchtime, you should eat lunch, right? (laughs) Well, we've been taught all our lives to deny that and then to suddenly realize that we had the answer in ourselves that whole time if we'd just been able to follow it. (laughs) That's exactly right. So when you began, you said it was was 2018 and you started with Delay Don't Deny, you just jumped right in. Do you have any idea how much you weighed at that time when you started? I was... At my heaviest, it wasn't at that time, but at my heaviest, I was around 209, 210, translate it. It was about 93 to 96 kgs because I was living in New Zealand. And then here, when I met Carl, I'd gone from about 160 and we were edging towards, I was edging towards 180. You had put on probably about 20 pounds since y'all had been together and you were getting up to 180. And look, I know anybody who's listening once you've been, you know, at a certain weight, like for me, it was also 210. That was my highest. But once you've been there, you know, you can lose the weight through traditional diets. Once you start yo-yoing back up, it was probably only a matter of time before you were going to see 210 again. Yeah, it's it. You have that fear building because you know, you don't know what to do to stop it. Right. And we'd been down that road before, the up and the down. Yeah, and especially when you're in a new relationship and everything's getting really comfortable and it's so easy just to let things go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So when you started in 2018, do you remember what month it was, what time of year? December 27th. December so right 27th. Yeah. December 27th. All right. right. It was right between Christmas and New Year's. So by the time this comes out, it will have been just over four years. Yes. 
I love that because, you know, someone sent me an, an email just the other day and she's like, most of your stories are people who have been doing intermittent fasting for like one to two years. So I love, <laughs> not this one, this one is four. So I love that because, well, you know, we get it's all combined. <laughs> Well, exactly. We <laughs> well, with with Carl with his story yeah. as well. But the 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 point I want to make is anyone who's listening because this is coming out at the beginning of the year, twenty twenty three, and so there'll be a lot of people who are listening, looking for that new thing, the new the new thing they want to try to lose the weight for twenty twenty three, finally for good. And I'm I'm just telling you, and Susan is telling you, and Carl is telling you, this is the new thing. This is the last thing. This is the only yeah. thing you're ever going to need. It's the only thing. Right. It's the only thing. This is the thing. And, you know, how many how many people, like, are so excited about four years of the XYZ diet, right? Nobody. It's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There would be, be four different types of burnout. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> right. But so it was, it was the end of the year you started. And did you see weight loss right away? I saw about seven pounds right away. And, but then it kind of died down and I, and I just kept assuring myself, look, if all it is is that I'm not gaining weight and I'm feeling better, then I'm good with that. If I can keep eating cows cooking and not <laughs> put a hold on that, but be able to not keep gaining, I'm in a good place. And then just, I was a snail. It took 18 months to lose 35 to 40 pounds to get to my goal, which I did. I love that. Mm-hmm. A month and a half before our wedding, mm-hmm. I made it to goal. And then just, maintained. yeah, maintain. It's been, I have never, like, I mean, I adjust my window, but it's, I've never gone, I've never had got to that point where I was like, I can't do this. I need to take a break because it's just the way I, I love, I love it. I just, it's just what I do. And it feels good. You don't want to stop. It feels so good. That's right. That's right. So, you know, you did not lose weight quickly. And I think that's really important, especially, you know, here we are at the beginning of the year, like I said, and most weight loss plans are are selling you on how quickly you're going to lose the weight, right? (laughs) What I always found, Susan, you probably found this to be true. Those really quick plans, the the faster I lost it, the faster I gained it back. Yes. I was never a traditional dieter in that sense. Because I never wanted to spend the money and I could never follow. Nutrition. Like, yeah. <laughs> any, any of the other, any of the, so I would kind of cheat the plans. <laughs> so I started putting on weight and then got to my highest weight. And then I did do one diet that lasted. It was all about balancing, eating balanced meal six times a day. And I did lose 50 pounds on that. And then I started just bounced around that kind of level and then other things happened up and down but yeah it, it, that was really the only diet I ever did so it's all the way up and then starting the slow climb down okay well that makes sense yeah I was a yo-yoer as ever, people who have been listening for a while know I yo-yoed and every yo-yo got me higher and higher and higher and I never could get down and stay down until intermittent fasting, thank goodness. So, but it, it's just really important for people to understand that you did not lose it quickly. 18 months to lose 35 to 40 pounds and to, to get there and to stay there. In the last three months, I did have to cut sugar. Well, I cut it in the, t- I just didn't have baking. I, I stopped eating any baking. I didn't make it like I couldn't have ketchup or anything else. I just, you know, I stayed away from the baking. I made it just like dessert, dessert kind of sugary things. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I, I plateaued for about 
three months and three to four months and I couldn't get it moving again. So that was a change I made. And then after that, I started dropping about a pound a week. Okay. So that was to get to your wedding. You were really close to the wedding. Yeah. And and so you were like, oh, I would like to lose a little faster. And so. Yeah. Trying on wedding dresses. Putting out the desserts. Yeah. Trying on wedding dresses was my catalyst to doing that change. It was like, no, no, I really, I really want to get there. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Because my, when I was trying to get to my initial goal, it was the spring of 2015 and I didn't want to go shopping and buy a ton of new clothes that we're going to be too big soon. So I was like, I just want to lose the weight quickly. So I stopped eating ultra processed foods like desserts, sugary things, crackers, potato chips. Y'all know my weakness for delicious potato (laughs) chips. (laughs) I have to share this because when Carl and Susan came, Carl, tell them what you brought me. From Pennsylvania, we brought, well, they're made in Pennsylvania. We brought you a white cheddar cheese curl and the only company in the country that makes a potato chip that is just potatoes and lard. It's yeah, the they were so good. <laughs> the, if I were trying to lose weight, I would not have those in the house because I would. <laughs> they were so delicious. But those, Chad and I tasted those chips, and we, we both agreed that this was how potato chips used to taste when we were young. That, that I bet they used to fry them all in lard probably, and they were so good. And then I hid them so Chad couldn't <laughs> eat any more of them. He never asked about just- them. You know, it's funny. It, it It's funny. It's just because look at all the, the artificial stuff that's not in there. When the ingredients just say potatoes and lard, I'm good with the lard. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I did eat all the rest of them, but I didn't eat them all at one sitting. So that's good. You know, right. <laughs> they, they seemed a little bit more like satisfying. It's hard to, you know, just because yes. I guess the realness of them, like like they filled me up better than like a modern potato chip with the, the seed oils. <laughs> anyway, so that was a great strategy for me when I was trying to lose my last, my last 20 pounds really was giving up the ultra processed foods. Potato chips would not have made the menu. And also, I didn't drink alcohol during that period of time when I wanted to lose the most quickly. So I did have to tweak a few things. But all those things came back in after I hit my Yeah, hit my and goal. They, they came back in for me as well. And I, it doesn't mean I, I didn't put the weight back on because I reintroduced them. Right. Yeah. It, it's just what I needed to do to get there. Yeah. And, you know, I the, the title of my first book was Delay, Don't Deny. And that's the one you started with. And I just thought of it as like a longer delay, right? I was just delaying yeah. those ultra processed foods and the wine that I like to drink <laughs> until <laughs> I got to where I wanted to be. So I just delayed it instead of just delaying it to my eating window. I delayed it for you know, like 10 weeks is what it took for me to get there. And then I went shopping, bought my new wardrobe and I still have those items of clothing now. Some of them got too big because I continue to get a little smaller <laughs> over the years, but I've never had to shop for bigger clothes ever since then. So when did Carl come into the picture for the intermittent fasting? We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress 
vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your Magnesium Breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. So I started November 21st last year. So you took three of, years. Of 20, you started in 2021. Yes. You watched her for three years. Oh, yeah. And very, I mean, you know, I was very supportive of her. I didn't go about it as I don't understand what you're doing. I would constantly ask her questions. What would Jin say about this? <laughs> and what would Jin say about that? So I actually decided I was going to start on November 22nd, which was a Monday. And I went to work on the 21st, which was a Sunday. And I got to work and I usually cook. I'm in a group home and I cook the guys breakfast and I and I wasn't hungry because I would usually make myself a plate as well. And I was like, no, I was going to surprise her on Monday, but I decided to start Sunday. Love it. I mean, you were just right there. You're like, you didn't have to do anything special to start. You just didn't eat. Yeah, it's the only was, approach where the, to start, you do nothing. Yeah. I was making pancakes and sausage and bacon and eggs, and I'm feeding all the guys. And I was like, I usually have a plate. And I was like, you know what? I'm not hungry. I don't really want that plate. And so I came home that day and I was like, I started. And she was like, started what? And I was like, no. <laughs> She didn't know you were getting ready to do it. No, because I was going to surprise her on Monday. And so I... He had actually texted me. I forgot what the text was, but it was, I did it or something. Yeah. And I'm like, I... (laughs) So, yeah. So I came home, I was beaming and... um, He was bouncing off the walls. I literally, I couldn't keep him I was so excited that, like, I could do it. And then she had already told me about, like, a lot of the science around, hey, when you get the hunger pains in the middle of the day, that's when you're doing the work. And so I was like, okay, I got this. And I'm stubborn. So when the work's being done, I was like, yeah, I'm on. So I got home and then it was just so easy for me. And I lost 10 pounds a week for the first two weeks. Oh my God. So I lost everyone. That is not what. <laughs> Don't expect that. I, I always said I'm so thankful that he didn't start when I started because it would have been so demoralizing. Well, the thing that Susan did tell me was like probably 16 of that 20 pounds was just inflammation. Right. And Fluid was, loss. My, yeah. 
it was in my shoulders and my arms, my ankles, all that. So, and I just felt so much better. When you're carrying around 20 extra pounds of fluid, that's still a lot of pounds. Like if anybody doesn't believe that, go carry 20 pounds of water jugs and try to walk around all day with that. And so it's it's a lot of weight to carry around. So if your body just whooshed out all that fluid from the inflammation, from wherever your body was storing it, your lymphatic system, wherever it was, that's significant amount of weight to drop and to not have to carry around anymore. So I would imagine that your joints felt better immediately, that you had more energy immediately. Absolutely. So I'm down over 60 pounds and Susan and I were in a market and they had 50 pound bags of rice in front of the registers. And I was over 50 pounds down at that point. And I was like, can you imagine me carrying around that bag of rice all day long? No. And did you try to to pick it up and carry it around? (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, but, but, you know, I, I know what that would feel like. And by losing, you know, over 50 pounds, you know, a 50 pound bag of rice was like, I had that on me every day. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to even imagine, you know, we have a house, the house that I'm sitting in right now recording this podcast, it's three stories. I can just run up and down these stairs, no problem from the top floor to the bottom floor, back down, back up. But, you know, when I was 80 pounds heavier than I am now, I can't even imagine, like, I probably would be like, no, I can't go down there. If it's on the bottom floor, it's like not going to happen. But just being able to move our bodies through the world. I really think that this lifestyle, it encourages you every day because for me, it's easy. And I know that, you know, it just reinforces the the change in lifestyle. And, you know, that Susan and I, we eat, we don't eat ultra processed. We, you know, we get our proteins and our vegetables and our greens but it's just so exciting to come home and present a great meal. And that's the meal. And so it's exciting. So I don't, you know, it, it, for me, it's just day in, day out. Yeah. It feels good. And it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle change. So. Exactly. Yeah, Cause diet is, is diet is what you eat. We all eat a diet no matter whether we're intermittent fasting or not, whether it's the standard American diet, which is a lot of ultra processed foods, <laughs> not ideal for anybody's, or whatever, whatever way we eat. That's our standard, our, our normal diet. But intermittent fasting is when. The what is up to you. So you, you said you eat a lot of protein, veggies, greens. Did you change what you were eating after you started intermittent fasting? Did you change it on purpose? Did it just kind of happen? Tell me a little bit about that. So I can tell you that there's two things that are not my, I don't even think about anymore. French fries and bacon. If I look at a pack of bacon, I'm like, oh no, oh no. I go back to when I used to make, when I make breakfast with the guys and I would eat it and then how dissatisfied I felt after eating it. And so, and I, I tell Susan this all the time. I don't mentally, like we cannot have a dinner unless there's dark leaf greens in a bowl on a dish like that. That's the first thing I do when I come home, I make a salad like that has it's craving it now. And so I don't know what that is, but for me, it's just like, it's so appealing to me. And so yes, your choices change. And I don't know what that's from, but going into one year, it's exciting to know that there's just certain things I have to have on a plate. You know, we're going to have a protein every night. We're going to have a veg or 
and we're going to have those. And we used to be romaine salad, you know, the Caesar salad type. And now we're going into the darker leafy greens that, you know, and so it's just, it's been really, I don't know why that's happened, but it's been really cool. I will say, I don't, oh, I will say I, <laughs> I don't follow him on the bacon. I usually try to have it while I'm out. But. You like the bacon. <laughs> yeah, but here's why, you know, we've been misled forever with the whole idea of calories and the fact that all calories are the same. It's just each calorie is a unit of energy for the body and it doesn't matter what it is. A calorie is a calorie and you know our bodies are counting calories. Actually, our bodies don't count calories. Our bodies count nutrients. And so our bodies crave nutrients. We know this is true because, you know, we have pregnant women, for example, it's it's a running joke how they might crave, you know, like pickles and ice cream or whatever, you know, it's whatever their body is needing. Pregnant women will even eat like non-food things. They will crave chalk or clay or something weird because their body is missing nutrients. And so it's driving them to eat these weird non-food things to try to get those minerals or whatever. So your body is now telling you, get these nutrients. I need what's in these leafy greens. And so it's cra- you're, you're craving them. And you realized that bacon wasn't giving you what you needed. Yeah. And okay. yeah. So that's, a natural, me, that's a natural thing? Well, it really is. There's I talked about in Cleanish, there's a, a section where I, it was a really old study that they would never allow anyone to do now, like from the 1920s or something. It was this like, I don't know, rogue pediatrician lady. And she got all these children. I don't know where she got them. I can't remember the details, but she had them like she, they presented these children with like foods on their tray and they could eat whatever they wanted. And the little kids that, that they were not like directed to eat certain things, but they all just masterfully designed exactly what they needed to eat from day to day. Like there was a kid who had rickets and it was like, that's caused by deficiencies. And this kid like ate cod liver oil or something. <laughs> you know, just like ate it up. And then as soon as he was cured of the rickets, he never ate it again. It was just so very interesting. You know, our bodies really do know what we need. So your body is just like wanting the nutrients. Yeah, I just can't. I mean, I can't even think about how everything changed to like, I needed dark green leafy vegetables on my plate every night. And we always have a protein, whether it's a steak or shrimp or fish or, but just adding that and getting rid of French fries and getting rid of, you know, I mean, we actually threw a bag of French fries out because I wasn't going to eat them anymore. And I don't know where at that point it started, maybe six months in where I was like, no, that's not, it's not appealing. Yeah. And it's crazy how that happens. It really does. And I hear it from people all the time. They'll be like, well, I was listening to the podcast and everybody says that. And I was like, yeah, but that won't happen to me. And then today I had a, whatever it was that I used to love and it was gross. And I'm like, oh my God, it happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing is, is that everyone goes to something different. Like the things that you eat, like I don't need a, a meat every night. I don't, I don't need meat every night. My body doesn't need it. Sometimes I crave beef. Sometimes I'm really in the mood for chicken. Not every night. And I'm okay without it. My body directs me to what what it wants and what it needs. And it just has happened naturally, which is why following someone else's diet protocol is, no, it doesn't work because every diet book was written by somebody who that was like their best diet protocol, not yours. <laughs> That's why it's called a diet. 
Exactly. Not a lifestyle change. <laughs> it's definitely not. Definitely not. But I love that y'all have, have gravitated to something that feels really good for your body. And it's meant to empower you. And I think that's what intermittent fasting does. So Susan, how, how did your taste in food change? Growing up in New Zealand, we always, we have more, I feel, I, I mean, it, it definitely has changed over the years as you expect, but I grew up on meals of meat, three veggie and potatoes, the British <sighs> diet and, you know, homegrown vegetables and that's just the way it was. So we didn't have as many processed foods as there are, ultra processed foods as there are available on here because in, in the US because it's just so much more it's so much more expensive to ship those into the country and to make them so the basics were the best way to to feed and we were a large family so we had a lot to feed <laughs> so I, I kind of grew up on that it's interesting that you said that those processed foods were more expensive in New Zealand because you had to to bring them in and you know a lot of people don't think about the fact why are they so cheap here because here in America, those are the cheapest foods. The more processed they are, the cheaper they are. And it's because so many of them are highly subsidized. Like the corn is highly subsidized. Weed is highly subsidized. All the the things that these junk foods are made out of, highly subsidized. So we're paying for it <laughs> through our taxes. <laughs> and we don't have the landmass to to subsidize and grow that amount. So y'all have to import it. Forms. For a lot of them, I understand that industry is... is <clears throat> is available in New Zealand, but not at the extent that it is here. And definitely not being subsidized. (laughs) So really, you know, we're paying, we're paying for all these cheap foods that are making everyone sicker. And so then we have higher healthcare costs. So it's really not working out very well for us financially, is it? I just think about, I think about diabetes and heart disease, like these processed foods that are so cheap in this country are creating a lot of what we see and like you said, the healthcare costs. Yeah, it's true. So for anybody who's just listening and starting, you know, thinking about starting intermittent fasting, you know, I actually don't want you to force yourself to change what you're eating for the first month. You know, that's part of the 28-day fast start in my book, Fast, Feast, Repeat. Let this happen over time naturally. When I started intermittent fasting, I didn't change a thing about what I was eating on purpose until like I said, I got to the point that I wanted to lose a little more quickly towards the end. That was months and months into my journey before I even changed anything. And what I found is the better the food that I ate, the better the food that I craved. Would y'all say that's true for you? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I found I, the other thing I when I first started, I remember you saying in the book, so I just was at the very beginning when I opened my window, I would just grab anything that was available and I didn't worry about it because I, I just kept reminding myself that this time would pass. And it did. I didn't stress about binge eating. I, I didn't really binge eat, but, you know, I didn't worry, concern myself too much with how much I was eating as long as I was eating until I was, full, I was and, satisfied. Yeah. And, and that is actually, I'm glad that you brought that up because that is very, very common in the beginning. And, you know, we're, we're just starting off when you're, when you're beginning intermittent fasting, your body is not yet skilled at tapping into fat stores for fuel. And so when you're fasting throughout the day, you're brand new to this, you're not really tapping into your fat stores very well, and you're not eating, you're going to get hungry because you're not really fueling your body well. So when you open your eating window, your body is like, we are hungry. So you might eat more than normal. And it might feel a little scary at first because you're like, wait, I'm not going to lose any weight if I keep eating like 
this, but that urge goes away. As your body becomes fat adapted through the clean fast, your body learns how to tap into your fat stores for fuel. And that's when everything changes. When your body finally is able to, to access all the fat that we have stored in our bodies, we have plenty of fuel. Then we open our eating window and we're not suddenly like ravenous, starving, eating everything that isn't nailed down. That urge does go away. Would you say that's true? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And and don't add that extra stress on what you're already doing. Let yeah. that go and just know that it will pass through. Understand that's part of the adjustment period and it's not your fault and it doesn't mean that it's going to be like that forever and it won't. Your body will adapt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jen, a uh, question. For people that struggle that first month, what is your angle for them to get through that? Well, really just, I mean, we hear we hear that in, in the community, in the Delay Don't Deny community, we hear it all the time from people who are, are just starting off and they feel a lot of shame and guilt around it because really? we, oh yes, because we've been taught, especially women, and not just only women, men feel this way too, but we've been taught as women to eat like a bird, eat dainty amounts, eating is not ladylike. And then here we are and we're like starving and we're starting off and we're like wolfing down these huge amounts of food and it can feel scary. And also, like I said, the shame and the guilt come in because we've been taught, you know, don't have a hearty appetite, you know, order the salad, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. But, you know, just reassuring people that it's normal at first and that it does go away and that, you know, in a couple months, you'll probably be right, making a post that says something like, I don't think I ate enough today, but I just wasn't hungry. So you find you know, the opposite <laughs> happens. Like people start off and they're like, I'm eating way too much, help. And then they're like, I don't know if I'm eating enough, help. I'm just not hungry. So it's part of the process. Yeah, I'm at that end now where our meals, I mean, we really struggled with making our meals smaller and smaller, but I'm eating so much less than I ever did. And then it's like, well, obviously I'm eating enough because my body's doing fine, yeah. but it's just in such a smaller quantity than it ever was. Yeah, as a cook, I am just continue to, and I think I've gotten there, but continue to get the portion control right. Because like I'm not taking leftovers of work the next day and just trying to nail those, you know, and like I said, if it's a pasta dish, you know, we're going through what would have been two meals and a box of pasta is now three. So trying to get those portions down and 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 still being satisfied at the same time. Yep, and we really don't need to eat as much food as we think we do. <laughs> I mean, I'm a hearty eater. I like to eat a hearty meal. And, you know, I can't eat enough in a tiny little eating window, which is why I, you know, have a hearty snack and then I have my main meal later. But it's still so much less than I used to eat all day when I would eat all day. And, it, you know, the portions in restaurants are just way too big. Like if they have a little petite steak, if I'm in a place and I want to eat a steak, I get like the smallest steak they have. Do you know, Jen, that we were in South Carolina, we went to these these restaurants that we were like, we would have ate that all two years ago. Like this is way too much food. Yeah. Did we y'all share, the, like split them, split a uh, meal? Well, yeah, we both got meals that were too big. It, <laughs> we learned a lesson. <laughs> yeah, we learned a lesson. But you know, it was it was it was nice cuisine, but it was like, oh my God, we probably would have ate that two years ago. And we had to put it in boxes and take it home. <laughs> yeah, that's appetite correction for you. You just can't fit it all in, you know, your stomach no, no, no. is like nope. <laughs> and it doesn't feel good to overeat. 
I think that's what's one of the things that Susan always said is like your body tells you when you're done. And I think we overeat because it's there as opposed to, yeah, because it's there and it's delicious. But at the end of the day, when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. That's a lesson that is hard for some of us to learn. Like for me, I've been eating, like oh, Chad and I went out and ate Italian food last weekend and it was delicious and I was full and I wanted to keep eating it because it was so good. And so like hearing that appetite correction, the signal that I've had enough is one thing, but you also have to listen to it because we've all had that experience where we didn't listen and we kept going. So instead I was like, all right, I'm going to stop now because if I eat anymore, I will not feel good later. I'll be too full. So I stopped, took the rest home. Chad eats lunch. So he eats two meals a day. So he eats lunch and dinner. So I will save what I didn't eat. He (laughs) ate it the next day. (laughs) So do both of you have a similar approach to your eating window, like the same timing? Yeah, he get, Carl gets home at around five o'clock and that's about the time I finish work. So I don't want to eat and it's why I've never gravitated to any kind of ADF because I don't want to eat during the day. I like I love the clarity I get, especially in the afternoon and I can keep pushing forward and getting stuff done. And so it's just natural to wait until I've finished work before I start doing the fast, the uh, break my fast and open my window. And I think for me, Susan was the one presenting it to me was that we go to bed at nine o'clock. I wake up at six. I'm already halfway through my fast. (laughs) Right. And then I work till four. I get home at five. I'm 20 hours in. And then we can enjoy, like she usually opens her window. She'll have a, a banana. We might have something confection, but that's so easy for me. I wake up, I go to work, I drink my black coffee and I drink water through the day. So easy, so cool. And then I come home and I prepare a great meal. And you're not, not having those, what it is. those dips throughout the day that you used to have. I bet you used to have like you know, the, the afternoon slump, the morning slump, the lunchtime slump. That's one of the first things I told Susan was like, I, you know. The first maybe, time you break your fast. Break, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I started on November 21st and we had a Christmas party and there was a cookout and it was Southern food and I ate and I felt so bad. Physically bad. Or did you feel emotionally bad? Guilty? Yeah, okay. it was emotionally, yeah. I was like, oh, I broke my fast. But then I was like, I didn't really need to do that. So now if I have a craving, I will go ahead and dive into the craving, knowing that the next day I'm right back on path. So, and it's not all the time. That's maybe once every you know, two times a month or something like that. And I do break my fast every Saturday. Okay. So Saturday you have a longer eating window. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. I actually think that's, that's a a good thing because if we, if we are too consistent, like let's say someone did, you know, like a three hour eating window every single day forever and ever and ever, I think you're more likely to adapt to that. Our bodies can adapt versus throwing in that longer window on Saturday. That just keeps your body guessing. Like they say. I don't worry about it. And, you know, I have the longer window on Saturday and then I go weigh myself on Sunday and I'm two pounds lighter than I was the day before. Not that it's about the weight, but it's just like I can stay consistent and break my fast one day a week. Right. Well, you just have a longer window. That's really what it is. It's it's, it's your routine is you have a longer window on Saturday and it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's my only day off of the right, week. Right. So, you know, I open my window early, but I just think that 
being excited about the one meal that we have. And, and, and a lot of people may be discouraged, like, Oh, I can't go all day. I think the point of that half your fast is done when you wake up, that is so encouraging to know that just go to work, power through a coffee, black and water through the day. And then when you get home, you can celebrate and have a nice meal or a snack or hors d'oeuvres or whatever you want. I think that's really cool. And I've enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed that. Once you live that way, you really understand it. But you're right. People who don't, they can have a hard time understanding it. When I was um, just at a conference a couple weeks ago in Arizona, it was funny. These are all, you know, like healthcare professionals, people who are in the industry with health and wellness. They all think intermittent fasting is a great tool. Everyone's a fan of it. And they, they all said, oh, I do that sometimes. But <laughs> there was nobody who does it every day like me. And so I didn't eat lunch. I just didn't eat lunch. Everybody's eating lunch. And they're like, you're not going to eat lunch? I'm like, I promise you, I really feel better if I don't eat lunch. <laughs> I, I was at a, we had a company conference on Tuesday and the same thing. I looked at lunch and I, I thought, it looks good, but I know how I'm going to feel afterwards and I really don't want to go there. So I'm happy just having my water. Exactly. And I, I would eat later in the afternoon and no big deal. And then that, that was what felt better for me. I did not want to eat a big meal at noon. I just sat there and drank my my water, right, you know, and visited with everybody while they were eating. But they were so surprised. I'm like, I seriously do not eat lunch, everybody. <laughs> now, there was one day I went and ate brunch. I had too much dry farm wine. <laughs> we had a gala event. <laughs> And they were serving us dry farm wine, and I had more than I needed to, even with dry farm wine. <laughs> so the next day, I was like, I think I need to eat a little earlier today. So <laughs> I had a delicious brunch. Then I had a dinner that night, and it was just fine. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I mean, as much as we've talked about eating, you know, tastes have changed. The one thing I have, I rediscovered after I started intermittent fasting was my love of baking, which that I stopped doing when I was a teenager because of the weight gain and she's a confection artist we always have baking something on available but it's like and we don't worry about it yeah and we but and we have our one cookie or whatever it is and we don't feel the need to eat the whole tin because it's there and (laughs) that's that's the part that's that's really what's so shocking pre-intermittent fasting you just eat it because it's you there. You six cookies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then now it's your eating window and you have appetite correction. You're like, I only need one cookie. Who am I? And you have no guilt for eating the cookie. Yes. No guilt. And I am, have become a bakery snob. Like at the conference sometimes, I was saying. It. Yeah. Sometimes on Saturday and Sunday she'll bake and we have to take it to our friends, friends because we're not going to finish it. But it was nice that we made it. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah. yeah. My friends. So, Love oh, your me friend. coming to visit. <laughs> I bet they do. Because you just can't finish it all. I know exactly what you mean. So tell me about some of your non-scale victories that you've had. Mine was, um, yeah, recomposition. My body's just constantly changing. Glutes. <laughs> 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 very Carl good likes your glutes. <laughs> <laughs> and other things. He's constantly he actually just I like to me it's just you live with it it it, it changes and you don't recognize how much it's changing but mine was the body recomposition but also I way back 2011 I was diagnosed with a massive fibroid and I had to have that removed and I didn't realize I'd probably been carrying that around for 18 years I kind of remember 
feeling different at some at when I was 18 and by the time they took it out it was 12 centimeters by 12 centimeters wow that's bad and it was very high and they only they had to they gave me a 20% chance of saving my uterus when I when they went in to take it out and they actually managed to but with all of that with all the you know everything that comes along with that there's all the pain and the, the and that all went after the inflammation from that I mean my obviously my stomach had changed shape because of it but it it all just like I didn't have to deal with that PMS anymore and it just felt so much better to have that um, regulated and just such a better feeling to be able to move on. It changed the way you experienced just your cycle in general and oh, life. Yes. 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 Yeah. Not so heavy anymore. Right. But Carl's right. NSV is even more spectacular. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx Service Guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, the coldest case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Yeah, so for me, I was in a car accident in 2012. It was pretty bad. My arm was shattered. I have a plate and two rods in my arm. I had a surgeon tell me that I would never touch my head again, never put food in my mouth again. They hit a nerve when they were doing the surgery, and so I was going to have numbness in my hand for the rest of my life. And... I had really bad bursitis in my right shoulder from pitching in college, University of North Carolina, Wilmington. Bursitis is gone. The numbness in my hand is gone. So my hand felt like it was asleep all the time. Wow. That's awful. For the last, for the last five years. It was just that tingling. So you had neuropathy, basically. Basically. Yeah. And I had complete, what do you call it? The Atrophy. Atrophy in my arm. My left arm, Jen, is building up bigger, close to what I was in college. Wow. And I haven't, I haven't done a thing. It doesn't work out. I don't work out. Okay, that's astonishing. So your arm, it had atrophied to the point that you, you could tell that your was, left arm was yes, not, not useful. It was, no. And they, I was told it wasn't going to be useful for the rest of my life. And... 
it was probably about four months after I started intermittent fasting, I showed Susan that I could touch my head and I couldn't get eight inches from my head. Wow. I had to put deodorant on with this hand. Now I can, I couldn't get this close. Wow. So your range of motion has improved in an amazing amount of way. Absolutely. There's so many healing mechanisms to this lifestyle that I'm just like, it's so reinforcing. I mean, I really like, I mean, Susan met me. She knew my hand had no range of motion. My arm had no range of motion. This was jello. This was just a big flop. And I, my composition, my biceps, my shoulders, it's all coming back. And that's like, I think some of the science that she's always taught me, that's just like, what would Jin say? It's about cell healing and cell repair and, and, and human growth hormone. Human growth hormone and all those things. Autophagy, just, protein oh, recycling. Oh. It's absolutely amazing. And that's one of the things that's always amazing. Every time I get hungry, I know my body's doing work. Right. And see, that's the thing. You know, some people, you know, when they're starting, they I used to feel this way too. I would be wistful when I would look around and see other people eating something and I felt like I couldn't eat it because I was fascinated. Now, this is when I started, it was 2014. Nobody in the, the public had heard the word autophagy. We didn't understand what was happening during fasting. Why was it different than a low-calorie diet? We didn't know. So I just felt like, oh, this I just can't eat till later. But as soon as I understood the health benefits, and especially doing this podcast, you know, what is this, episode 271, and, you know, I've talked to more than 271 people because some of them are, are you know, more than one person like y'all, and the stories of things that have healed and the the way our bodies can, can get better after intermittent fasting, things that we were told could never, your arm was not going to get better, and it is getting better, so understanding the magic of the clean fast, the power of what's happening, you're not wistful about it anymore. You're not feeling, you know, deprivation. You're thinking amazing things are happening in my body. And then later I'm going to nourish my body well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so encouraging. Yeah, I mean, every day is just, you go through it every day. I'm not even saying going through it. You live every day knowing that you're doing better for your body. Yep. And once you flip that mental switch and you learn to appreciate the fast for what it is, instead of like, this is the part of the day I have to get through so I can have my dinner, right? Or, <laughs> this is really hard, but then I'm going to eat. And instead you're like, oh my it's gosh, not it's not hard. No, but it, it is if you tell yourself it is. Like if you went through mm -hmm. the day, like That's thinking right. about, well, I can't have my creamy coffee and I can't have my croissant at nine in the morning and I can't have my whatever. You're generating those feelings of heart, right? Mm -hmm. You're telling yourself mm -hmm. they're hard. Exactly. But instead you're like, oh, I had a hunger wave. Go ahead and eat some fat body. Go ahead and do some autophagy. Fix something that I didn't know needed fixing. That's the part that's amazing. But when you know something needed fixing and it's fixing in front of your eyes, mm -hmm. yes. I mean, that's, that's the yeah. astonishing part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I and that's what, watch his muscles build and rebuild. Yeah, in and hand. it's, I mean, I'm going through, I'm going on a year next month and it, I'm in composition now. I'm in recomposition. Well, see, and that's what's the reason I'm, I'm giggling a little bit is because, you know, people who don't understand intermittent fasting, they're like, oh, well, you don't want to do that. It's going to eat up all your muscle. It will just eat your muscle <laughs> up. Well, Carl, has intermittent no. fasting eaten up your muscle? 
are the no, opposite. It's building, it's building my muscle. It's and, and, recomposition. And, and you're not doing, you know, reps or heavy weightlifting. Your body's just naturally building that muscle. It's it's repairing these cells and these whatever I mean, it needed this, to do. Yeah, it's amazing. Like I've actually noticed it. And the first thing I noticed with IF was the inflammation in my ankles. And then this is the second biggest thing. Like even Susan's like, your arm looks like it's getting better. So it's really cool. And I just think that if people struggle with this, and I, I said it earlier, when you have those hunger pains and you have those things, that's when the work is being done. And then, you know, it's not just that you're going to lose weight. It's that it's doing other things in your body. And through listening to what Susan's told me about in your books, because I always say, what would Jin say? Because <laughs> I, I, I haven't read the books. That's I, I okay. Don't have, I don't that's have, all, you got I don't Susan. Have the, no, I, I, yeah, exactly. I don't have the patience to read books. But, you know, what would Jin say? And then, you know, all the science and all that stuff. And then seeing it happen now is just absolutely amazing. Well, I love watching absolutely. the theory, you know, the theory actually showing itself through through lives. And I mean, you can't argue with that. You can't argue with, with what's happened with your body. So, Susan, I want to talk about your special project that you you have your website. Talk about your website. <laughs> yeah, actually, I will say it was not. Carl watching me was not got what got him going with IF. It was actually my my website, Intermittent Fasting Success. He read one of the Karen story on there because he didn't see any really big NSVs that he could relate to with me because mine were women's problems. So reading the stories on there really, okay, well, actually, he could see a difference. Those are stories he can read. Your short. website is, is fabulous. You're way better at designing websites than I am. <laughs> So it's, it's intermittentfastingsuccess.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everybody check that out. And if you have, if you have stories you'd like to share, send them to Susan. You've got a link on there where yes, people can I would get in to. touch with you. But yeah, yes. you, you do a great job with that website. And, and I love looking at all the stories. Thank you. I, I add them as I get them. Um, I haven't had a lot of time with my new job in the last six months, but I would love to add anyone's stories on there because I want to be able to, people to be able to share them. It's only when you can relate to people and read their stories that you can, that for a lot of people, they can get on board. And so I wanted something that could be shared in social media groups as a story, not as a whole website that made it easy to pinpoint things and share. So that was the, the thoughts behind starting that. I think uh, Jen, Jen too, the other thing was that one of her stories was what really got me hooked was it wasn't about the weight loss. It was about all the medical things that started to go away. And I smoke and I drink and I had to make a decision. And so this was the decision I made first, but the medical stuff, like when you read a success story and it's all the things that go away that were there, that's just so amazing to me. And you know, weight loss is weight loss, but then it's all the things that come after that were so amazing to me and so inspiring to go on that journey. Yep. You know, I like to say most of us come for the weight loss, but we stick around for the health benefits. But if you actually approached it the other way, come for the health benefits and then see what happens (laughs) with your weight instead of like, 
you know, like, oh, I'm not losing weight really fast. This must not be working. Well, maybe it's reversing a fatty liver. Maybe it's rebuilding an arm that had been atrophied. I mean, you don't know what it's doing. Maybe it's eating up a fibroid that you had that you didn't know how large it was. I mean, there are so many things that it could be doing. I think about inflammation around my organs. And and what did you always say to me? Intermittent fasting is... Just see, there's... Um, help me win the side, side effect of weight, weight loss. loss. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It is though. It's a health plan oh, with yeah, the side awesome. effect of weight loss. So yeah. um, we're coming up to the end of our time together. And so I'm going to let each of you answer this question. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? For me, it was really the mental health portion of it understanding that when you get to the end you may you know you, we all have in our head this model this body that's going to appear that's on the can go on a cover of a magazine and <laughs> my not, body never looked like not, that exactly. <laughs> it's, but it's never you because you always well for me because I'd never I'd always been overweight I'd never known what that was like I'm lighter now than I was in high school so I never knew what my perfect body would look like and so that mental health journey was part of it for me. It was learning to love my body, however it ended up being. And yeah, so I think that's that's something I, I wish I'd really taken more on board and started from the beginning. I think that's really important because, you know, we can get in our heads about what we think we should look like, but most of the the images that we see out there in magazines, they aren't real. They're retouched. That's not how people really look. And then there are people who, you know, have cellulite-free skin, but I'm not one of those people. <laughs> and I'm not one of them. I never will be. That's okay. My mama wasn't. My grandmama wasn't. That's just how we're built. And But I love my body, and I put a bathing suit on it, and I put shorts on it, and it's the body I've got, and I appreciate it. Yeah. So how about you, Carl? What would you tell someone just starting out or what do you wish you knew? Oh, wow. You know, it's so expansive, but I think that, and I talk about it a lot to people. And what I find is I, people that are on calorie counting and stuff like that, they're grazers and stuff like that. I was like, look, take all that grazing and put it in that window. And I try, I try to talk about how like your fast is half over when you wake up and just, do your work shift and go home and then do eat and try to tell people how great I feel. And they don't have that. I don't have that, that burnout in the afternoon, you know, when they eat that one o'clock meal or two o'clock meal, whatever it is, I would just say to anybody that, and because Jen, Jen said like, when you get hungry at 12, one o'clock in the afternoon, you're doing work. You're repairing it's not an emergency. That's where well, that's where the uh, delay don't deny. Like, no, you're good. And all I start thinking about at one o'clock and two o'clock in the afternoon, when I have like like twelve thirty, I have like an eleven thirty and like a one thirty power through with water, and all I'm thinking about is what I'm making a, a nice gourmet dinner for me for, for oh, her. now on that note all of us we're going to be super envious because oh, chad has just started helping me make dinner so that's good he's helping me he's chopping stuff up we're learning and i'll be like dicey he's like what's that 
And I'm like, they need to be little. They all need to be the same. Oh, yeah. We're working on it. Patience for that. Well, we're trying. <laughs> we're trying. And I'm like, good job. Let me give you a little idea there. Like, <laughs> I have some suggestions for anyway. The teacher in me, it's hard. I'm, you know, trying not to make him feel discouraged, but he's learning. He's learning. He loves to, he loves to help me chop things up. So we're getting there. <laughs> we're doing it together. It's like our good time together every night. Oh, that's cool. Well, Susan and Carl, I have loved talking to you today, and your story is definitely going to inspire people and everybody who's listening. If you haven't started yet, start right now. Yeah, good luck with the New Year's resolutions. Absolutely. Absolutely. This will change your life. when ours is going to launch. I know. I do, too. But this, this will change your life. If you're listening, it will change your life, and you can do it. So thank you, too, so very much for being here today. Thanks, Jim. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at resonaterecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.